International. Welcome to beautiful South Austin. Well, not beautiful today, but mostly beautiful South Austin here in the Flea Furnace. It is Gary Beats Town Massacre. Not necessarily starring Gary and uh, Texas. Continuing our Texas theme, uh, let's get all the intros in. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Bezo. Hey, what's going on, man? What's up, dude? Like that tat? I like this mic cover. (laughs) It's worn. (laughs) Is it from people's mouths? You can feel like it's wearing out right there. Fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks. I like this tat too. Hello. It is awesome. Hello, Donna. Hi. Awesome. All right. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, well, another episode. Do you have anything that you Hi. like about me? Don't, the last <laughs> episode, I got shit on for not having a weird interest of some That's sort. right. What, have you, have you developed this, a new niche interest yet? No. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't uh, think so. I continued my niche interest today and recorded some. I like, I like to read murders. There you go. Yeah. That's that's good. It's like boring it's though. Niche, yeah, that's yeah. not really niche. No, it's a it's kind of a big market actually. <laughs> the whole murder genre. Exactly. Yeah. You know what else is a big market? Hmm. War movies. Speaking of which, beautiful segue. <laughs> uh, this is a couple of days following the weekend of Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Which is one of the rare movies that all of us intentionally <laughs> <laughs> put that there for a reason. Golly, you fucking with my mic. It was bothering me. <laughs> it was too late. <laughs> like, this can't, never mind, I can't explain it. I'm just going to let it ride. <laughs> I didn't just fall wow. off my chair if anybody's thinking that. <laughs> Mike got pulled away from my face. Uh, yeah, one of the rare times where we all went out to go see uh, a film that's in the theaters. Separately. All separately, and, just and like I this. And I only separately. had to pay two for two tickets this time. And only two this time, that's right, and not, not seven. Uh, and incidentally, I paid for nine, so really? I got reimbursed. So d- oh, uh, what's that yeah, like? <laughs> I don't know, I'll tell you later. Uh, yeah, so we all went to go see Dunkirk, I think Dunkirk. in various formats. I saw the IMAX version. We saw 70 millimeter. Saw 70 I saw millimeter. 70 20p. 70, oh, 720p yeah version. i, I downloaded a, off soul <laughs> seek <laughs> just watch that yeah yeah that, all right so three different experiences there yeah uh well let's start off by saying well i think neither of us are real big fans of interstellar or christopher inception nolan. i don't like christopher nolan we have a beef yeah. with the nolan yeah, whatever. So about that's it. that's that. Let's okay. Dunkirk. Yay, Dunkirk was. Nay. I like. I'll give it a a, a yay. I a like yay. It, yeah. Mostly yay. Yeah. I Donna? will give it a yes only if you're seeing it in seventy millimeter. 
I will give it a very, very, very tentative yes. And uh, I was going to say only if you see it at the IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> it looked fucking amazing. Some in of the cinematography in that movie is pretty damn spectacular. Yeah. 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 yeah there's some really uh, great shots, but just in film is yeah. so good. Yeah. It, it was one of the reasons why I did like Dunkirk is probably because like, I don't know, like a bunch of people I knew like saw it. And then ah, we so all kind of talked yeah, about it yeah, a little, little bit. Bonding yeah. there. A lot of people had the same qualms of like, uh, like sometimes it's hard to hear what they're saying, and it's plus with the way they talk, so you feel like you're missing something. Some of the story's really weird, but then I think everybody was pretty stoked on like the airplanes and like the 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 noises for the airplanes and like the bomb noises and the way it looked. I think people liked. I really only like the way that it looked i i felt that it fell into the same traps of christopher nolan movies which is that i just don't like the story that he's trying to tell because it lacks a story and then none of the characters they i don't even i don't i didn't give a fuck about a single character the only one that i was like oh i like feel for this guy is the older the final plane men Mm. Uh, he's the only one that I feel like I kind of got to know throughout the film. I like didn't even get to know him. I was just like, oh boy, I hope he doesn't die. I have a lot of things, positive things to say about the cinematography. The sound effects were yeah. pretty spectacular. Uh, after I say all of that, I'm going to shit on the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah. It didn't uh, even really sound like sound effects, though. It just sounded like they recorded like actual planes really, really well. And yeah. and in the IMAX, uh, it was like concussive, and yeah. so that was very affecting. Yeah, there's a lot of bombs, and they do a good job of making it sound good. The PG-13, none of violence. Holy shit, that was the biggest. I thought it was rated R. So yeah, did yeah, I. So and did I. I walk in, and the, the, the very first kind of like, oh shit moment, yeah. and this character is sort of in the foreground, and a series of bombs have been dropped from the sky, and they mm. land in very, you know, in a linear fashion, coming closer and closer yeah. to him, blowing up and killing a lot of his compadres yeah at which point no blood yeah no blood on the sand ever yeah. in the entire yeah. movie and i i realized like well, i can't believe that they're doing this in pg-13 yeah and uh dumb dumb big big problem because i realized and right then in the moment it's like now i don't feel anything for the characters yeah i because i know they're going to be safe there's nothing yeah. horrible that's going to happen anyway yeah. they're not going to witness anything that's absolutely you're not going to see some fucked up shit you're not going to see the trauma that they're going to be going through. Yeah. And I was so let down yeah. to know, to discover that it's PG 13. That was huge. And, uh, and I, I went on like, I, the, there's a lot of like really good, like tension in the, in the movie, mostly mm-hmm. because the sound, the yeah, score the is score. really good is that holds you there while you're doing this stuff. But outside of that, I'm like, what, 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 I was I was like this is a great war movie for a thirteen year old and thank yeah. God they made it MPAA made it made it made it, made the movie PG thirteen so that they yeah. can enjoy it because outside of that I don't see why this movie was like is there's nothing compel- there's nothing adult about this movie like it's yeah. not super compelling it's not it's not challenging it's why not- I don't understand why you need to make a war movie for a thirteen year old. 
Well, it's not that the, you need to make a movie for a 13-year-old. What it, what it's saying... Oh, well, why it's PG-13. Well, yeah. I mean, at least you can get the 15, 16 bracket because the way R is, you can't... You know, you have to at least capture that. But I it, guess, but still, like, why do they... Like, they, they don't know what war... Like, I'm, uh, I'm 100% certain that they see worse things on YouTube or Netflix. on... Right, or yeah. on, like fucking instagram you know i mean like you it's not difficult to find like police shooting videos or like shit that's going on in syria or afghanistan or wherever the fuck i don't i don't understand i don't understand who the movie was for it just seemed a bit neutered this movie is for christopher nolan (laughs) i swear to god like i've been thinking about this i was like this movie is not really for it's it, it the only like there's the whole like story of these people trapped on the beach while they get bombed and they can't there's no recourse and yet the most compelling thing about the movie is sort of like the you know the the complicated narrative yeah you know the interlacing between the different times and how how, yeah but the narrative itself makes you not care about some of the people well it, it 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 makes you focus on the narrative and you're yeah. trying to piece it together. It's like, Oh, what that shot. And I remember that yeah. shot is focused with this one. I'm going to line that the up. The only thinking about all that shit. And that's the most important thing is, can you keep up yeah. with the narrative? Not do you feel what it feels like to be stuck on a beach yeah. with all your friends dying around you and you can't do anything the, about it. Maybe that was, sorry, go ahead. You're fine. Maybe that was my problem was that like I thought that the way that the story was told was incredibly boring. And so as a result, I was just like, I just want to like I need maybe I need a little bit more time. Like you're saying where I just want to get to know these characters because it's hopping around every time that I start getting interested in what's going on with one particular storyline mm-hmm. that then I've completely lost interest and that just repeats throughout the movie. It's like every 10 minutes or whatever that they switch the characters, only, I stop caring again. The only good thing that the narrative does and and like the only... The, the 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 only good thing that it does is that it gives you different angles of the battlefield like that's the, the only it's it's really good uh, in like kind of that utility of of switching you like it's like if you're watching football and then like on like when they replay a play and you get like all the different angles that are all crazy and wild and it's like okay cool yeah it does a good job of transferring your focus from the sea to the air to the land and like that's the only reason that that narrative style's good Except- because it gives it a reason to replay things and stuff like that yeah but there wasn't like one like huge Story. shot where like all of the things were happening at the same yeah. time like that would be fucking sick well, if like that was the end of the movie it was like oh yeah. shit like now you can see all of this shit and this was like a five second window or whatever you know what I mean like that would be fucking dope I agree I mean I like that it was talking about different aspects of war but none of it was like actually talking about war it didn't didn't like give you it didn't give you like an actual (laughs) he didn't give you like an actual good story that you cared about so therefore I don't think you really care about the movie the movie like I said I feel like the movie is about the complicated narrative and I think Christopher Nolan doesn't add anything to the story of Dunkirk except to have the complicated narrative. And you could do that with a hundred different other types of stories uh, that might be more engaging and uh, where it might actually mean something. I mean, Memento, the backwards narrative in that means something because the character 
the Shelby character learns backwards in a sense, you know? Yeah. Um, the complicated narrative in Inception, at the very least, means something because it's symbolizing, it's, it, you see the dream within a dream within a dream kind of thing. Um, but this serves no purpose. It's like uh-huh. when we watched um, the chronological edit of 21 Grams. The, the complicated narrative of that movie doesn't serve any purpose except to be complicated. complicated yeah. and, I mean, it, it engages a different part of your brain where you're like trying to solve Stripe. a puzzle. The Prestige is about, I mean, it's got a puzzling component to it, but it's about magic, so it works. Right. This is the first kind of movie that he's done where he's introduced a complicated narrative, but it serves no other purpose except yeah. for him to kind of flex his, yeah. look at how I can string these all together. Well, that's what we were talking about last week. I think before we recorded the last episode, before we did Lone Star, well, before we even watched the movie, we were just chatting about it. And I, we were talking about I'm Night Shyamalan and how he like kind of paved the way for all this shit and conversely why I don't like Christopher Nolan and you were saying that he he does like everything I forgot the word that you used because I felt like it was a weird word to like Hmm. say about it but tricky or something like that he does all this like tricky stuff Mm -hmm. but I don't think that anything that he's ever done in any movie has actually been like in like geared towards someone that's intelligent it's been like lowest common denominator. Like, uh, what's a way that will make you think that this is smarter or more interesting than it is? Every one of his fucking movies are like that. I can't stand it. Dunkirk fits that like a T. Yeah. The, he adds nothing to the 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 anything that would be adult about war and conflict. He doesn't add anything. There's no thematic drive that's going Mm. on in this movie. There's a little tiny interesting thing that they talk about in the third act, but nothing builds up to it to really explore it. This idea that they, the the soldiers, for example, are embarrassed to be saved by the citizens because they're the ones fighting for the citizens. Mm. You know, like that's an interesting concept. Why don't, but none of the narrative leading up to that really kind of explores that or, or has the characters talking about that and kind of dealing with the ramifications of that, you know, and in fact, the, the thematic thrust of the movie might be uh, something that's said in the in the in the in one of the closing lines is like it, it's enough that you survive like yeah. you know yeah great so, except that the uh, whole purpose of them surviving is to pick them all up and drop them yeah. on the front line so that they can find another part of the war how many of these people did survive the war yeah. because that's the whole purpose of of churchills and trying to get it, evacuate as many as they can from the beach is to put him back on the front line somewhere else. So yeah, it was funny. I was like talking to a guy, and he kept being on this thing about um, about oh, you know, like I really think this movie uh, was about you know, kind of like what it is to be British, you know, boring. Uh, <laughs> who said like, that? There's a guy that works at the wine bar next door. <laughs> and he watches a lot of movies. And wow. I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty him. boring. He's like, yeah, I mean, they. He's like, he's like. Yeah, whenever I heard recounts of like Dunkirk, they're like, yeah, you know, it's a lot of standing in line. <laughs> like, Get the queue. Yeah, that's very British. Well, yeah, that's pretty true, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. The acting was okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, and while you're experiencing the movie, there is that tout, that tension. Like, it, there's craft there. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but I think the, most it, of that was from the soundtrack. I do think so, but the, to be fair, it's it, he was in part of putting that together. I mean, yeah. I'll give the director credit for making the film around that if need be. Uh, but the... the um, 
at the end of the day, that's something I remember. Like, if I was a teenager and I saw Dunkirk, I'd be like, dude, this is the best. Like, this is, <laughs> you see how he's doing all this stuff? That mm. boat that's in the water there, that's the same boat there. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I feel like as a teenager, I'd be really enthralled yeah, with the craft of no. it. But I would be totally lost. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. There's the, n- it doesn't benefit. In, the only thing that it benefits from time changes within this movie are seeing different angles of the battlefield. Well, when did, when did, like, how old were we when Saving Private Ryan came out. Yeah, well, to be fair, like sick. that's that, rated R as fuck. Right, but like that movie was and still is awesome. I think it came out in 99, 98. Yeah, so we were like yeah. 18. Well, I was right. 17-ish. Yeah, so we were a bit younger than you, but I mean like that movie would have been a movie that I would have seen in that in-between mm. age before being able to see rated, like mm. technically being able to see rated R movies. Yeah. And that movie's actually good. I... I, I completely agree. And however, I will say this uh, saving private Ryan um, affects me very differently now as an adult than mm-hmm. it did as a kid. As a kid, I was sort of wrapped up in the violence of it and was, it was a, a lot of violent shock, mm-hmm. you know, in it. Uh, but now as an adult, I, I, the, the, the ending scene really resonates with me when he says, you know, mm-hmm. did I, you know, tell me I'm a good man, yeah. you know, to his family. Um, after uh, after the, the the you know the final moments yeah. in the movie, and um, that resonates for me. That's an adult theme to you know to bring out. Like somebody yeah. dies for you, and now you're obligated to to honor them by living a good life. That's that. There's nothing interesting that Dunkirk has to say no. about this conflict. Do you think it would have been saved had it been R? You'd have to get a completely different director. Yeah, <laughs> Nolan just doesn't have. He's not interested. He doesn't in have the things. chops. He always he's seems so bored. He like seems- it, it, it's it's very weird because he's always like it's always like you write all this complicated shit to just seem like you like halfway wrote it and like that you got like bored halfway through and it's like well they already gave me seventy three million dollars. No, so. I mean I think he's one of those people that he write like I said he writes movies for the lowest common denominator and he wants that to be the movie that they're like this is a genius movie like Mm. why wasn't this movie nominated for an oscar Mm. and it's like well (laughs) he writes really good movies for people who aren't very mature yeah yeah Yeah, i mean well just not people that are gonna go that not not even necessarily like mature but just like ignorant to film yeah (laughs) <laughs> I, I I mean I I was a huge like I saw I saw Memento in the theaters on its original theatrical run in a small little boutique theater in Dallas and I was like I got as many people as uh, my friends that I could to go see this movie when it came out on tape I was like come on we got to go watch this and you know I was a big Nolan fan you darkoed it yeah yeah effectively and I got I got I got I ran the original following and I I, I introduced oh, that to a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, I was on board the Nolan train, yeah, and uh, and just over time, he has just proven himself incapable yeah. of really getting eliciting emotion. It's yeah. interesting. There's an intellectual game you play figuring out his movies, but Inception, for example, is fun the first time to kind of piece the puzzles together and listen to the dialogue and kind of yeah. like play the game. But after you watch it, it's fucking boring as shit. Yeah, yeah, you know, like like there's there's no there's nothing. Interstellar is full of garbage. I don't understand why that thing is regarded as as the amazing piece it is. And we've talked about I. that. That movie I mean, fucking sucks. God. And 
now technically there's a lot of mastery there i mean his, his, his filming is incredible and some of those shots like especially in dunkirk oh. with his, the dog fighting <laughs> yeah. sequences are just phenomenal yeah, yeah the dog fighting all the plane <laughs> we gotta switch gears yeah i don't okay. want to talk anymore about it because okay. like i think we we we've hit this hammer a few times. Well, wait, we, but I'm yeah. can, before we move on. Can we can we just give what our ratings are for that? I'm just kind of curious okay. what yours are because you and I landed like on the same. I, I think I, I might draw mine a I little bit. I think I gave it a seven point five when we walked out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm four. Whoa! Nice. Hell four. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I I see it. Don't get me wrong. And like, I'm only sticking with seven point five because I remember that when I walked out, and I was like, oh, it's so cool to see on film, and like, it looks really good. Yeah. And but the story's so bad. If you care about story at all, like, that it does really, look good. Though. And the end, it the worst really end. Good. Why did they recut to that shot of oh, just yeah. silence? It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so that's Dunkirk. <laughs> cheat, what do you, what oh yeah, you sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I said uh, like six point eight seven was mm-hmm. mine at when we came out of the movie. I'm gonna yeah. drop it down to uh, now that I've been able to think about it somewhere. I'm gonna drop it down to a five. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I don't think this movie is gonna survive. I hope not. Time. I hope uh, not. Just uh, stop making movies. I can't yeah. stand him. Yeah, yeah. He go to bed. Write the screenplay. Give it to somebody else to to do an, another round on the screenplay. Yeah. Give it to a different director. You might have something really interesting. Yeah. What when we see the Dunkirk reboot, it'll probably be <laughs> better. I'm yeah. expecting. Let's talk about a real art film. Yeah. Uh. So Paris, Texas. We watch Paris, Texas. Paris, Texas. Texas movies part two. Texas part movies part two in in honor of Gary Busey, who is a Texas mm-hmm. resident. Like yeah. and Bezo. Yeah. And me. And, yeah. Well, y'all are honorary residents. Shut up. I've, my <laughs> license is... To, I've been living here for like All right, your grandfather, seven years. Your grandfather did by now. <laughs> yeah, come on. My license is still Yeah, you're not Texan yet. <laughs> I'm a Texan. <laughs> Fight the power. Yeah, uh, yeah so we watched uh, Paris, Texas. and it's, This uh, is like one of those movies, the entire time I'm watching it, I'm like, I swear I've seen this before. Yeah. But I don't think I have. I don't know. Maybe I catch like parts of it. It also reminded me of a lot of other movies. Yes. Yeah. It reminded me of Nebraska. Have you ever seen Nebraska? I didn't see Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska's fucking so good. Yeah. That movie's great. A lot of aimless walking sort it's of so stuff. It's so good though. Yeah. 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 Uh, it reminded me of that. It reminded me of just, it just had a good feel though. It reminds me of um, like Midnight Train. Oh, the Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, like yeah. just like Jarmusch movies. Yeah, it sort of has like a kind of a Lone Star to an extent had it, I suppose. Maybe it's a weird like Southern Texan thing, mm. at least when it's like set down here. Kind of has like this weird like ambient kind of slower vibe to I it. Think, sure. Yeah. I think that movies that are filmed in Texas or that, that deal with Texas that aren't necessarily like genre films. So specifically meaning like not a horror film or a Western. Cause those have like their own agenda to push. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you drink louder? <laughs> Just clang the ice is like right, uh, right against the mic there. <laughs> uh, I think that like movies that don't fall into those specific genres that are, take place in Texas, they take Texas to heart which is that it's big. And yeah, so they just yeah. use like these like 
really they just take like big into everything like they use like these really big landscapes yeah. and like horizon people, from left to right yeah and, and like people have to go on like these big journeys and yeah. like whether that's like a personal journey like of growth or if they're like journeying across to wherever the fuck you know yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah what do you think um it this is one of those movies that after I watched it, I had what I thought was a very clear understanding of how most people would receive this movie. And then I did a little cursory investigation to how it was rated and, and what the reviews were. And I was blown away because apparently I am very deep in the minority here. Wait, let me see. Oh, let me try to like guess. Wow. Oh yeah. I can't, um, I, yeah, I can see you not liking it, but everyone else liking it. It was a. Uh, you tend to be. You tend to fall. Uh, sometimes, like on like kind of artier stuff, you've always fall kind of weird on. So um, when it was funny because I, I, as soon as I finished watching this, one of my first thoughts was, n- "No, this is the kind of movie where nobody would have it as their favorite movie." <laughs> and then I was. And you know who I met today? I recorded with a kid today, and he, I, he was like, "What do you have going on the rest of the day?" I'm like, "Oh, you know." Like we, after we got done playing or just before we did our, uh, like in between everything, I was like, what do you got going on today? And I was explaining to him like, oh yeah, you know, doing the movie podcast. He's like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, my, we're watching Paris, Texas. And he's like, that is my favorite movie. <laughs> I swear to God. I not, not only can I be more wrong, but I, I took a sneak peek in the trivia section on IMDb <laughs> on it. And like, there's like bands named after yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like tattoos. People are inspired yeah. by this thing. Yeah. I couldn't be more. In fact, um, I had a, I had a fleeting thought about, yeah, we're doing okay. a Paris, Texas song. He was like, <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm gonna go write a Paris, Texas song for the next time we record. Right. I was like, sick. This, uh, <laughs> there's a, okay, there's a, I, I, I was reminded about this moment in a yeah. review by Roger Ebert that stuck with me, uh, and I'll, I'll bring it back here in just a minute, but he, he in the review of AI, yeah. he, 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 he says that the movie, the screenplay made a big misstep by following the child, the character, the child robot after he separates from his family and instead of staying with the family and their ramifications of of having a son, having a fake son and the fake son leaving and how it affects them Mm -hmm. uh, because the robot is is not a person and so what we project onto the person is more interesting than following the robot. Sure. I think he's wrong, but I think it's a very interesting uh, thought experiment experiment and analysis uh, that he put in there. I had the same kind of thought when I thought about this movie because when Harry Dean Stanton uh, and his son leave mm-hmm. his uncle and his wife, I felt the, the, the movie should have stayed with uh, Dean Stockwell and the wife character because mm-hmm. I thought that was a more interesting... Yeah, their dynamic was really weird. And then the way she was acting towards Travis before he left was like really weird. You're like, there's going to be some weird shit going on with these two. Right. And maybe we'll talk more about the complexities of that of that relationship and, and, and what happened in the plot there. Uh, but I had the same thought, like this movie needed to stay with them because that, that was the more interesting dramatic arc. And then... I went and read Ebert's review of this. Not only did he get a glowing review, yeah. like like when he originally wrote it, but he wrote a series of 
uh, of reviews where he re-reviewed movies that he considered were great movies and it's in that list too <laughs> and I was like I cannot this is one of the few movies that I've come come across in one of his reviews and been so polar opposite yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, of Paris Texas this an AI no AI yeah. I, AI agree with most of what he said but uh, he was I think he was wrong in that sense because of what AI was trying to do yeah yeah and you couldn't do that following what the, didn't you like this movie yeah okay um First off, uh, uh, the let's take the 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 Dean Stockwell and the and the Russian. I don't even know what what country. She's French, French, She's French. 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 Obvious. It's Obvious. all Paris. City like <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, her <laughs> the accent, hardest themed it. Her uh, and and the story is is that the, their uncle seemed to have gone insane and and you know it gets okay. so affected let's get some names in here because it's very confusing with the lays being yes, 40 enough. different people in the film fair enough so you're specifically talking about walt henderson yes. and his wife jane henderson yes yes so uh um walt in the opening in the plot wise opens up effectively that he discovers that his brother who's been missing for four years is Travis some, Travis is in Texas. He makes arrangements to go pick Travis up. Um, there's some odyssey stuff that happens, but he eventually takes Travis back to his home where he has his wife, uh, Anne. am I right? Saying, Jane, Jane, excuse me. Walt takes Travis back to Walt's home yes. with Jane. Yes. And, Travis's son Hunter yes in LA and Hunter is now eight years old and for the first four years of Hunter's life he lived with Travis but for the last four years he has lived with Walt and Jane, Jane. Yeah. so they are effectively the well, they lived with Travis and uh, what's her name he lived with Travis and Travis's mother. Yes, yes. And uh, but in the last four years of Hunter's life, he's yeah. lived with his uncle and um, and his wife, and they have effectively been, become his parents now. And this was the first time in the movie that I thought, "Wow, this is starting to get really interesting." Now it's twenty six minutes into the movie, uh-huh. mind you. So uh, this this movie does not mind taking its time. Um, but uh, and I was like, "This is a really interesting, complicated dynamic." And I'd like to see, it took me a while to get there, but I'd like to see how this unfolds. And um, uh, the Harry Dean Stanton character who's playing Travis uh, decides, he first he's like borderline catatonic in earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. He sort of comes to and is a little more sociable. Um, he rebuilds a little bit of his relationship with his son, which I thought some of that was really well done. And then he has this, uh, the, uh, the idea to go uh, f- track down his wife, who they've left a long time ago. Um, uh, I think it was just his girlfriend. I don't think they were married. Oh, fair enough. Cause the child's mother. Yes. Uh, tra- uh, Hunter's mother uh, in Houston. And, and then he decides to go and he takes the son with him. And, and I'm like, okay, well now let's really get into, let's see how interesting this is. But then the movie completely abandons the uncle and, uh, and the wife. Like mm-hmm. these are the effective, like their parents. I mean, what's really interesting is that they're good people. They're doing the right thing. They're raising a child they didn't ask for. Uh, and they've loved the child. They're, they're, they're the parents. They are the mommy and the daddy, not necessarily the mother and the father. Mm-hmm. And yet the child is taken away from them and we don't get to see what, how that affects them or, or yeah. what the ramifications Keep are. Keep in mind, you start, he starts kind of, he does start like kind of probing into it with like kind of these along like touches between the wife and Travis. Like it, it starts. You start like wondering, like, oh, is because 
Travis is back and starting to form a relationship with Hunter, then is that causing her to kind of abandon her husband? Like, was he a glue between the two of them? Like, how did that work? Well, that's a conversation that they have as well. Right before Hunter and Travis leave, there's a fight between Walt and Jane where she's like, I don't understand why you're pushing Travis and Hunter together when he's our son. And then Walt's like, well, fuck you. He's not really our son. Like you had to expect that something like this could possibly happen. Even if Travis was actually dead, like the mom could still come into the picture and take him away from us. And yeah, it's like a weird fight and you, and then it cuts to Hunter being awake and the sharing the wall with them and hearing all of this. And all of this sounds fascinating. Like that, that's rich drama to milk and, and explore and see what these characters are going to re- do and react. And so the screenplay, but the screenplay just abandons it. And I was like, I was finally kind of getting into it. And then it just like pulls it away. And it's like, okay, all right. And it didn't go back. And I kept wanting it to go back and it never did. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm on board. Let's, let's follow the next story. <laughs> and uh, he, does, uh, uh, he does manage to track down um, the mother who, um, which I thought led up to what I thought was going to be this great scene. Like it's all the pieces there are for a really good scene where uh, Travis has finally caught up with his ex, who is his child's mother. And she works in, surprisingly, in this like, it's like a peep peep show show kind of uh, thing in Houston. And the beauty of this scene is that he can see her but she can't see him. And this is the first time they sort of reconnected after all these years. And I'm like, what, what's the screenplay going to do like to, 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 to move this story on and have these characters interact? And it just like, it's like, it, it's like it's struggling. It just, just falls everywhere. Like the, the Travis's character starts getting bizarrely abusive and, and, and jealous and, uh, he, he walks out and there's no conclusion. Well, that's how he was. He's walking away from like how shitty he used to be to in order to save his like child's life. Do you, so you think that was uh, completely he, intentional? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and, and, they, and being also, an yeah, and there's like multiple like shots that do it because there's that one shot that's really great where it's like his face is reflected with like her hair behind. Yeah, that it. was fucking awesome. It's yeah. a great shot, but what's the thematic design behind that? What what is he trying to say? Like that he's he, seeing a reflection of himself and like what he was before when he was obviously abusive. He fucking chained her up and shit. And yes, and, and then so now that he's seeing himself, he has to abandon both of them in order for them to survive. Um, uh, okay, I'll, I'll let, me, let me just continue on my little diatribe, and I'll come back to circle to address that. Uh, but anyway, in this, what I thought could be a great scene of these two people, or of her discovering who she's talking to, to see that revelation, didn't happen. And instead, it's this weird sort of thing where he, like I said, he gets weird, strangely jealous, and the the, the screenplay takes him apart. And then um, I don't agree. I, well, the screenplay does take move the kid and Travis and, and pulls him apart from the uh, from the wife character over the girlfriend character, the mother. And then uh, they have another couple scenes together. And then um, Harry Dean Stanton, Travis has has said to his son now, 
Yeah, I was uh, talking about the last. Yeah, scene now he says. Yeah, yeah, now he says to his son, uh, "We can't. I can't do this with you. You need to be with your mother." Yeah. And then the final scene occurs where he goes back to talk to her in the peep show room, and this is the highlight of the movie i mean well this is the climax of the movie like it's the movie's two and a half hours long and this is the last 15 minutes of the movie where he converses with her and the whole movie or this whole scene which i i think it's funny because i and i again i must be completely missing this because ebert wrote in his review that it's one of the great monologues of cinema Oh yeah, where Harry Dean Stanton talks about the history, where he says, "I have a story to tell you about uh, a young man who's sixteen, seventeen. He meets a girl, etc." And I was like, "I can't believe that they're doing this." Like, instead of if, instead of the story sort of like uh, you know introducing us to what could be all of this interesting backstory to you know discovering what what their history is and why he was gone for four years and 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 learning about it instead. It's all a monologue where he just tells us. It's all exposition. And the girl, um, she, I mean, she figures it out, you know, at some point. I think she should have figured it out a lot sooner, but of who she's talking to. And uh, then the story that he goes on to share is is dark. And you hear like there's a really fucked up relationship and there's a lot of violence between one another. And uh, it's all done in exposition, just talking. And, and, and then she... Uh, returns the favor and shares her side and she's just talking and talking about the past and and then uh and then that's you know I, again I, I i'm simplifying it and probably not doing it justice in part because it didn't work for me and then uh the, the he tells him like hey we can't get together you got but you have to be with your son or you need to be with your son your son's waiting for you in this hotel and then she goes to meet her son in the hotel and he watches from a distance and drives off um and uh, she's reunited with her son. Now, this is uh, this, the, the whole climax. First, the, the whole climax of the movie is is all exposition, which really frustrated me. And because I thought there was, you should build up to it. It didn't really explain why he abandoned his kid, uh, and it doesn't give me any. I didn't feel like there was any. Um, how do I say this? Uh, I, I wasn't. The more I learned about the characters, the less I liked them. And then when she's reunited with her kid, I'm still kind of thinking, I don't know if this is the right for the move for the kid. Like he's still being pulled away from these people who um, are are there to support him, and and they were given to you know like are basically the parents. And again, they're not brought up again. And um, the mother uh, is is uh, is. I mean, if she is has it, if she's in this lot in her life with that past with her ex i mean things are still probably real crazy with her so being a responsible parent i don't know if that's really going to happen and so this whole thing is left with i is this a good thing like this guy comes back in his life and moves his son back to his biological mother and i'm not sure if that's too far removed from abuse or child abuse be from the environment that he was in um and uh, I, you know, like I said, and, and, and structurally, I think you could tell a great story with the plot elements that it had. And there's moments that I was like, I was really enthralled. But man, two and a half hours, I was, I, I, I couldn't believe, like I said, I couldn't believe that this has like an 8.5 or 6 or whatever rating on IMDb and it's in Ebert's great movies. So uh, my analysis, I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't get on board. I liked a little bit of the, I liked a little bit of the story machinations and that's about it. 
All right. Well, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening <laughs> to Bezo talk. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I'm, I'm juiced up on coffee and I got got going, and that that's it. You know, that's yeah. I think you really just need to sit in it, and I think it is like a movie. It's a movie that I'm okay sitting in. Yeah. Totally. I agree. Like, like I think I think the questions are complicated. I don't think it's a normal story narrative. I don't think you're supposed to. Uh, you know, have those feelings of redemption or having something changed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I think there's elements of that, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think it fits into that traditional mold. And I, I, I think that's what's interesting about it is that it ends on this giant monologue. It, I love it, that. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I thought it was yeah. so good. You don't get films that end on like big monologues and a like, lot of the, time. the story right. was great and i i think that you missed her i think that you totally didn't read her right at all because she gets it pretty early on yeah and she just, she's, she's responding right ways she's to like keep it anonymous right well not even just that but like responding in ways like she already knows the story well she she catches on when he says trailer that's when the light bulb goes on for her no that's the obvious one i think she got it on before yeah. that and was saying things to try and get like not a rise out of him but a rise out of him you know mm-hmm. and yeah she's like feeding him these lines to like keep him going mm-hmm. you know i mean i can't imagine what he was like before the four years yeah I mean, he like they showed that video earlier in the film and he was smiling, you know, but he didn't really look like he was talking much. So maybe he's just not really a talker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think was also like that's part of kind of what I pushed on, like the whole like the I don't know interesting nature and intimacy for them as a couple doing the, the peep show is that if you if you know, if you think of the character Travis as he was when he was first introduced, which is that he doesn't really talk a lot, like him going to a place where it's solely is based on talking is like pretty interesting. And the fact that he's like willing to, to give this entire background of what happened. Um, I don't know. I thought it was great. I definitely. I also really like the way that how it opens with him just wandering through, yeah. through the desert. Like he's mm-hmm. just, He's just wandering. He has a beard. His shoes. It makes you. He 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 just rolls in with this nice like uh, this this nice like who is this weird guy? And then like when you start figuring out his story, he still just keeps walking away. And you don't know like how affected he is, you know, and you don't know what it is or. or and it seems like some sort of PTSD, like yeah, weird. yeah, well, like a war vet. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. and it, it's like it's not. I think another part too, and maybe well, certainly a part of why you didn't like this movie is that the story isn't the story of the kid or the story of the Walt and Jane. It's the story of Travis and his girlfriend, mm-hmm. or really the story of Travis. So like what happens to them is outside of the scope of what, like the journey that we're trying to watch right now, which is the journey of Travis and how he ends up getting to this place, like where he's going to grow. You know what I mean? Like if you think of the whole entire movie as like the hero's journey and his like descent into darkness, he doesn't even become the hero until after the movie's over, which is him 
leaving in the night after he sees the child returned to mm. the mother. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and I haven't, uh, Ebert made the comparison of the searchers where John Wayne's character goes out and finds the child and then brings it back to the family and then leaves. Yeah. And uh, so he made a, the same comparison that that's the, that's the hero that he is, is that he reunites the child with the mother. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, definitely. And I mean, I mean, it, I think you have to realize like I think you go through you you go through the whole thing of like at the beginning not knowing if it's right for him to take the child so you as a viewer are already like this doesn't seem right and then in their trip you come to realize like oh their relationship's pretty great actually like they they get on like they should and then so then you feel an attachment towards them and then ultimately he has to like sacrifice himself for the good of his son the structure you know you don't really know and you don't know if it's good or not i don't i don't think it draws like a definitive moral line and i think like another thing too is that like if you think about the characters respectively like Travis and his world is so and the girlfriend's world is they're both like so vastly different from Walt and Jane. Like yeah. if he would have explained that to them, they probably wouldn't have even let him be there for the rest of that night. You know what I mean? Like they probably wouldn't have even got him to LA to their house if he would have explained that in the car wa- ride. And I think, I don't, maybe that's giving like the character, like giving Travis too much intelligence, but I don't necessarily think so. I mean, I think that there's, he's working through complicated shit, but um, I like, that's his private thing that he hasn't even fully unpacked yet. So how is he supposed to explain all of this shit that's like so much history you know the only person that he can comfortably explain it to is the other person that went through it with him and there's also like this whole interesting aspect that uh that i always that i keep playing around with is like is like when he's found the only thing he like he's found on the brink of death and he's not talking and the only thing they actually find on him that's identifying of him is his brother's like name with his phone number. So it's like, did he want to be found by him like on the brink of death? Like why, why did he do that? Like what, what is the point of that journey that we see him at the end of in the beginning of the movie? Hmm. And like, even at the end, you don't, really really get a defined answer i mean you know he had to walk away because he was abusive and he became something he didn't want to be in order to try to get like some he had some weird jealousy or acceptance or or love maybe he's just like mystic too like he's mystical like he had the whole time he's like he's like a storyteller he's like trying to tell these stories of uh, not his personal stories, but the stories of his parents and these yeah. specific things in the Paris, Texas. And it's like, he's constantly yeah. trying to like run these beats and like pick them up and like yeah. constantly trying to like plant these seeds or like further this other story that's going on. So maybe the whole entire reason why he wanted to go yeah. hang out with the kid for a while was just to continue this Paris, Texas, so that maybe when the kid gets older, he'll have the same yeah. journey there, to whoever knows where. And there is like this like giant, 
there is like this giant like thing that I like that we even saw in Lone Star. There's a thread that I think works with like Southern, specifically like Texas movies that I think works really well in them because the landscape is so big and it's always very slow and like ambient kind of filmmaking that we, that when people use Texas as a backdrop, I think that really works. Mm -hmm. It's like minutia and like, and like things that themes that kind of go between the two of them that I think worked really fucking well in this one is uh, the idea of like uh, generations and the idea of continuing something and the idea of hearkening back to what they were. And there's multiple times throughout this one where he, and I'm pretty sure in Lone Star 2 this happens, but in this one he keeps telling the story of his dad and his dad's wife and how his dad, he used to tell everyone that she was from Paris, Texas, like until he believed it. And it's like this really weird repetitive thing that's what I'm that saying. Keeps, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it like harken, it like like there is like these weird generational scopes well, that happen with these movies. Yeah, great. Yeah, and like that's the thing is that like Walt. That's what I'm saying that like Walt's such a different person. Like Walt's the odd one of the family, right? Like the dad has Paris, Texas, and so then like. Travis is like I'm gonna buy this plot of land of Paris Texas and then like the kid has to go back to Houston still in Texas but is constantly being told this story about Paris Texas and this plot of land that he has there it it is also like it's funny because you do it's very denoted by it being Texas because that makes somehow makes like this denotion between like this idea of something uh exotic and, and perfect and uh great and then it the the qualifier being texas, texas. and then and then that be in turn becoming a a uh, a focal point for abuse because like with the dad like when he's talking about how he was saying that his mother was from Paris, Paris, like stuff like that. It sounds like negging. Like it sounds sort of like abusive. And then when he, you know, when you see this like vacant lot there, like that feels abusive. And then, and then when, when he finally reveals his whole backstory between him and his girlfriend, wife, whatever, Hunter's mother, Mm -hmm. like it's all, it's all based on abuse. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's cool because we don't, I mean, it's not cool. Abuse isn't cool, guys. It's cool. It's cool because it's good filmmaking. It's good writing because we don't see abuse in the movie. Like they don't use abuse to hinge it on you. They they use this like hearkening to weird stuff that's just kind of off. I think that that gives it a sort of weight that you don't that you wouldn't have otherwise. You know, that, that's why I liked it. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. You have to apologize. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm I clearly uh I I'll. I don't everything y'all are saying is totally on film and it's it's part of the movie and it's there's there is literary devices going on like what you're talking about the yeah. name Paris Texas and the um the conflict between those yeah. two words and and the symbolism and and so on and that's all completely yeah. valid I um I think I am really susceptible to movies that kind of have a literary feeling and use like literary kind of symbolism and repetitiveness and stuff like that that works really well with me Mm -hmm. so when i when i experience a movie like this that has the kind of uh just ambient quality of a book it's based really big on like settings and feeling and then repetition to like drive home points i think that works really well for me yeah, I like that a lot. This movie, in a lot of ways, reminds me of Boyhood, or I guess yeah. more so Boyhood would remind, remind me of this, this movie. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
it's like boyhood is more compact and it's not the same exact story, but there are a lot of elements of this movie that I see in boyhood and also a lot of just using Texas as like Texas is its own character, which you see in, in Lone Star too. I think that's so important when you're Mm -hmm. watching like an actual Texas film, you know, Mm -hmm. it it is funny that we've watched two movies that were both, but you know, use Texas as a backdrop. And I mean, I, I don't, I think they feel similar, like not necessarily the stories, you know, not necessarily the stories, but I think there's like similar themes. I think the feeling is pretty similar as well. Whatever that, Texas thing is I think yeah. they both kind of capture that yeah um, obviously I love Lone Star yeah. and this one did not work for me we're the inverse of each other so <laughs> I, I find that very fascinating and yeah, yeah y'all are y'all are I mean y'all are obviously highlighting things that I recognize in the movie but yeah. it didn't it doesn't affect you it doesn't resonate it didn't resonate those those two scenes or those two conflicts I thought were brilliant yeah. were um I love the idea of a, of a story that sets up good people and puts them in impossible situations. Yeah. And so you can understand all of these characters doing things completely different and be yeah. sympathetic and understanding. Uh, one of my great, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Insider. And uh, there's this scene where um, Russell Crowe and his wife uh, have an argument in front of, on, on a table and they have to leave. And Al Pacino is talking to Christopher Plummer, and Christopher Plummer is like, "Where did you find these people? Uh-uh. And who are they?" He says, "Who are these people?" And Al Pacino responds, "They're they're ordinary people under extraordinary circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you expect? Grace and consistency." Mm-hmm. And I, I just love that idea because it puts yeah. in perspective like these are all people who are just trying to do the right thing. And that's not always easy. And so maybe for me personally, is I really latched on to that dynamic of these, this couple that's yeah. raising a child. And it's then when they child, abandon it. And, they're by, <laughs> and you know, the wife has her husband, her husband goes out and does the right thing by bringing the uncle or the bringing the father of the kid into their family. And only for the, the, the product of that or the, the in, in game of that for this person to leave with her son. Yeah. Like how devastating would that be for you? Like how, how would you respond? How would that affect those two people? Yeah. And I think that was kind of like they were just kind of hinting that a little bit when she's talking to uh, Dean Stockwell's character and going, why are you doing this? Like, do you, do you understand? What's going on? Like I can see them falling apart as a couple uh, if if their son is taken away, and it's also crazy, like right before he leaves, too, like how she like touches him and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's so weird. There's like all these little tiny moments yeah. with her that make, and I, it's funny because I, I I attribute that to like, ah, oh, she's European, so I, I'm forgiving. You do, but then it's but like, but like, then but it's like the film wants you to, to think, think that. that it's a little yeah, awkward, yeah, 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 it's a little yeah, off kilter. Yeah, I no, I I really latched onto that, and I'm yeah. maybe more so than maybe the film intended. Yeah. And I think I I think that uh I think that things that resonate with you are more cinematic and I think the things that re- resonate with me are more literary. literary. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I would completely agree with that cuz this happens not it has it's happened multiple it's happened times. a lot but yeah. maybe like, more so than we've acknowledged oh yeah, no yeah. it's happened a lot for sure but uh, like in the past few movies just because we've been stuck on the plane of the apes for a while mm-hmm. yeah. we haven't really talked about this but this was one of the specific things that i was concerned about and why i was so shocked that you liked entered the void because those characters are 
terrible people. There is not a single good character in that movie. They're all terrible people. And I thought for sure, like, Bezos going to hate this. There's no way that he's going to like this because it's no one that's ever good and then like becoming better like going where's the arc where's the story yeah yeah. what what are are we learning from right yeah Yeah. uh yeah that's interesting um because i that is something that i do kind of search for yeah in a movie but i think i was just blown away by the the filmmaking yeah and and enter the void it was just like even the opening credits just yeah. took. I, I was I was one I was one over by oh, after so my sick. epileptic seizure war. I, I was just in the, the, the that movie. dankest intro ever. Yeah, like for <laughs> any movie, it's so sick. That song is such a ripper too. Elephos, dope. <laughs> such a good pick. Um. So yeah, and I, 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 uh, maybe um. Yeah, you know, you have to take a step back and kind of see what what lens you're watching something from in order to try to be honest about something, be truthful about it. And yeah, I do bring that lens to a lot of things. Um, I I try to be acknowledging of it, you know, like and but uh, yeah. but I mean, maybe it does you can't affect it though. Things, I mean, like know? sometimes, it, well, like the the whole thing. I think it's like sometimes you know it does affect you, and the sometimes. I think the whole thing is like you, if you somewhat recognize it, whatever. But I mean, like you still you can't help to like what you like. You know, I like think, there's no reason in. Yeah, there's. Yeah. A, I mean, you can't fight that kind of thing. But on like a first watch, but I do think that like if you gave this like yeah. a couple years and you still remembered like yeah. not to get caught up in the other shit and just yeah. like what like listen to the story. Yeah, I think that you would you like actually really driver? like this movie. The Scorsese's film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, it's funny you I'm say that. Curious. Ebert wrote a, a lot of comparison between this and Taxi yeah. Driver. I think it's and the, the same guy, writer. And the guy, the guy that I was talking to, you, oh, about, shout out Andrew. Right. That was like, this is my favorite movie. He was like, it was either uh, Paris, Texas, or uh, Taxi, Taxi Driver. Driver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like, hell yeah, yeah. I like both of those. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, the um, uh, m- maybe. The score sounds a little dated to me. I I like yeah, elements heavy of on the that, score. Heavy on that guitar. I like that. elements of it, but I don't. I wouldn't say I wholeheartedly like it. It's a. It's a. a, a the, the the director is a German guy, yeah. and it kind of feels like a germ. Somebody who's a foreigner of like, Texas, oh, Texas is like this Texas, is what all yeah, twangy yeah, Texas yeah, yeah. sounds. There's a little bit of. There's a hint of that. It's uh, not haunting enough. It, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. It's a little too nail on the head. Yeah. I, you know, in, in, in thinking about this and talking, I think I would have appreciated if the movie ended on a note that suggested that it, he, that maybe he did what he did because he thought it was right, but yeah. the film isn't convinced that what yeah, he did yeah, yeah. was right. And if the movie took that tone, I mean, know, I think it sort of does. I mean, I don't think so. I think they're really trying to sell I think the it celebration. Leaves it pretty neutral. I think it's trying to leave a celebration between the the, yeah. the kid and the mother, and it sounds like that should be the celebration. The kid yeah. reunites with his mother, but there's so much. Uh, there's so much. There's so much elements that they've introduced to make it seem like that's not you know like yeah. a co-parenting thing would probably be like i'm like that's probably the best deal <laughs> they like, end know. with a co-parenting thing well like at least <laughs> i mean like they end you know with like hell honey i'm here it's wednesday i'll yeah. get him for wednesday and thursday well not even just between uh travis and his his, his girlfriend oh all four of them but all four of them like the kid gets uh. you know like he even has a line like i i guess i'm lucky i've got two dads yeah you know? like uh, and I, I just maybe I'm just my heart's going out to that couple that seem to 
you know, that just had their kid ripped from them and the film just abandons them and then, in fact, celebrates the kid reuniting with his with his mother who doesn't seem to have done a lot of growth yeah. since she abandoned her child. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I don't know. There's parts of that that just aren't working for me. And I know the film it's is fair. saying that it's... That it's... Uh, that it's saying that it's... <laughs> The film is trying to say, like, this, this is okay. This is a good, happy ending, a, a reunion, yeah, yeah. A, a, re, a reunion. I don't know that it was trying to say that it was, like, a happy ending. Like, I didn't think that it was, like, overwhelmingly positive. Well, in the, in the, and you're right, in the pantheon of happy endings that even I could come up with where they all get together and be the dual parents and whatever, that would yeah. be, you know, the, the saccharine Disney version of the ending. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, the kid goes from a pretty stable you know household to something that's very rocky and questionable yeah and you know what's gonna happen too with him being in in texas is that he's gonna find out that actually his sister is is (laughs) actually his sister but he's fucking his sister and then that's gonna fight racism but you know i'm cool with incest (laughs) yeah yeah whereas this one nailed the was a little too heavy-handed on the soundtrack Uh, the lone star was a little too heavy-handed on the incest yeah and the sister's vagina drawing a two weird comparisons to Texas, <laughs> I suppose. Incest and just kind of general twangy acoustic guitar. <laughs> just both overly done. <laughs> Heavy hand and both probably made by people that weren't Texan. Yeah, you know yeah. what's funny is that I thought for sure you were going to be like, you know, the soundtrack was pretty cool. <laughs> like the whole time I'm like, I wonder at what point Bezo is like, I'm going to download this. Soundtrack. Yeah. I've listened to it all day. Actually. I don't know. I will say the one thing that is interesting about this is is, is uh you know like I, I them not being i don't know if the dude that did lone star women women that did lone star i don't know who the fuck directed it uh i don't know if they were texan john sales yeah is he, is he texan I, I think so i think really so. okay i will say that nonetheless i mean this and like i mean obviously when you talk texas film you have to talk link later mm-hmm. and like link later films have the same kind of feel mm. you know like i feel like all of these are circling one thing yeah maybe is it texas <laughs> at least the mythos that texas brings yeah 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 i mean it brings a weird mythos that like uh i i don't know i don't know if it's really defined like uh, what it is you know yeah maybe it's scope maybe it's like w- scope that is also kind of small as well i don't understand yeah i think i think we could probably you know between the three of us write you know a hundred different words that are singular that kind of yeah. capture it but whether we could come up with one or two the or je ne sais quoi ironically yeah it just says that john sales move at some point moved to east boston so hey, i assume that he's boston, from boston baby boston. Yeah. Oh, okay well. speaking of which when are we gonna watch that boston bomber movie the Unabomber? No, no. The, the Matt, Matt Damon, Patriot's the, Day or whatever. I didn't know there was a film. What is it? God Bless USA, Patriot Man. I don't know, man. The one where it's the Boston bombing, Matt Damon. I movie. didn't know that they're making a movie on that. No, it's been made. Oh, it's, shit. Yeah, it's like already out. Oh, yeah. no. Okay, must be amazing because I haven't heard yeah, of it. And also, I really want to watch the uh, Aurora shooting movie yeah you're all about contemporary uh oh uh, shit travesties okay running running the full gambit of fucking weird shit that's happened at movies i forgot i wanted to tell you about this so we go 
the there's only one Alamo draft house that's showing Dunkirk in 70 millimeter. Mm-hmm. And I like, I had to go see it in 70 millimeter. It's only going to be there for a little bit. So I want to see that if I like it, I'll go see it in IMAX, whatever films more important to me. Cause I'm a better human being. Anyway. So we go down there, we go sit, see the movie. We're sitting in the very last row at this particular theater uh, of the Alamo Draft House. The Ritz is downtown in Austin, like the heart of Austin. And it's only a two screen theater. It's very, very small. And it's like a like a more classic theater. So they have like balcony seats um, that are like traditional like balcony boxes, like to see a, like a theatrical performance, like a play. Uh, and then they have like a very aggressively like sw- swooped stadium uh, seating. Yeah, it's intense. Um, I mean, it's comfortable, but you know. Anyway, so the, we're in the very back row um, of like the main floor or whatever, and uh, there's um, a couple next to. Uh, oh fuck man there was so much that happened okay there's one weird dude by himself that's sitting next to me who during the film pulls out he has a backpack with him pulls out a cooler and then opens a soda and then just like drinks it and it's a diet coke so it's like something that they obviously have there too it's very bizarre the guy like our waiter was grabbed it off the thing he was like is this is this yours and he's like yeah he was like just admits it okay and then the guy just walked away very bizarre but uh way before that in the middle of the movie um like uh, a decent amount into like the first act uh the not the couple next to ethan but the couple on the other side of them the guy gets up like after they've ordered food and like have drinks and shit the guy gets up and I'm like, he walks behind us because they have like the weird gaps for handicap seating. And then if there isn't a, a wheelchair that's going to be there, then they put in like false seats. So they had the false seats and there's like a gap there. So he like squeezes out behind and like walks behind the row and walks like starts walking halfway down the stairs. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, does he think that there's like an exit to the bathroom or something like down at the end of the stairs or something like is he just turned around or what and he wa- he stops halfway through then walks all the way down to the bottom and i'm like i okay great like christopher nolan makes people want to shoot up a movie theater <laughs> like if i fucking die during this movie i'm gonna be so pissed and then the guy like stands down at the bottom for a while walks up a couple of steps and stands there again and is like looking at the crowd and then comes all the way back up and then just sits down in a seat again that is the craziest thing it was so weird it was so weird. I thought for sure, like, I'm going to die right now. Like, this is great. Or yeah, maybe we are just all sitting ducks in there. Maybe yeah. he's the most polite farter. And he uh, knew he had to drop some yeah. noxious bomb and actually took the time yeah, to walk. I think he was looking for seats. Yeah, I think <laughs> he was just trying to move his seats. Oh, because he was in the uh, back in the back with yeah. you guys. Oh, but which is weird because like the back seats at that theater are by fine. far the yeah, best. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You're, like center with the screen. Yeah, yeah. It was it was mm-hmm. so weird. That'd be scary to see that and have that thought go through your head. Like, well, is this going to be the new Aurora? <laughs> it was a fucking Ooh. Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Movie. yeah exactly. Oh shit! I didn't even put that. That's down. what I was saying. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what the 
fuck I didn't is put together that it was right Christopher Nolan. And yeah, like, no yeah. one was looking at him too. And I was just like, I can't be like the only person that sees this happening right now. Like, what? Yeah, it's not Batman. It's actually Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the common yeah. denominator. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, okay, final, final number. Beto? I, I, I feel like I missed the boat on this. And maybe I do, like you said, maybe I do need to revisit uh, Paris, Texas. Um, yeah, the, grow up a little bit. Yeah, so. maybe a little bit. <laughs> Ironically, I lambast Dunkirk for not being a mature film. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. this lands in my lap. And I'm like, what the fuck is this nonsense? <laughs> I can't do anything. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Five yeah. out of ten. That's slaughtering. I'm going to give it an eight point seven five. Solid B plus baby, definitely, very good, very good feeling, very good. Change up the soundtrack, maybe add a little bit, dash more of emotion, dash more story, but overall pretty fucking good. I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I too would like to see a different score. I just the, or no sound at all would have been fine. I just really didn't like the guitar. Mm. Um, and then I wish that there would have been more sweeping shots of Texas. I want less shots of the highway unless they're used in contrast of L.A. highway versus uh, like just the Texas like gorgeous backdrop. Um, there were just too many shots of street and mm. I, I don't want that as much. Mm. I don't know. No. All right. I don't know. That's Follow Paris, us Texas. at Cult Busey. Do we have an idea of what's going to be next? Yeah, I had uh, some movies picked yeah. out. Do you guys? Um, do you, do you I, have any idea? I had a specific one that I wanted to watch next. Okay. Um, fuck. Damn. Uh, shit. We forget it. Selena, I know, came I, up. I do want to watch Selena. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to watch Selena. I think it would be an injustice not to watch Selena. Have you ever seen Selena? Yeah, we watched it on movie night a couple months back. Uh, All right, fine, Bezo. No, that's not to say I don't have something no, to Bezo, say No, Bezo, it's uh, fine. <laughs> um, uh, no, we'll, you'll just see next week. Yeah, yeah, if you see the episode, yeah. Yeah, you'll just see the subtitle, watch the movie. All right. I don't know. So, uh, wrapping up, uh, this is uh, Donna, Mountain Dew Dorito Girl, Monday episodes every Monday. Check it out. Nope. Every Tuesday, check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ethan, you want to plug anything? Uh, I've got a new tape out. You can order it off the internet. Uh, what do you Google? I think it's idiopathicrecords.com. Right I'm pretty sure is where you go. Cool forward slash releases i don't know it's a uh, five dollars plus three dollar shipping anywhere in the u.s that's cool or uh eighteen dollars for all of the uh summer batch hmm. save a little money a i remember something. the movie i said to look it up and confirm hud oh yeah the old um uh, paul newman movie yeah black be, and white totally be down for that yeah oh well, so we're watching hud 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 next texas movie on the on the H-E-D. Show. Bezo, yeah. you got anything uh no just check out new episodes of feature this podcast at feature this podcast.com and episodes here on the gary Busey town massacre that's hell yeah it, so i think i think if we do hud we'll almost have covered all sides of texas Pretty much. It takes place in west. We did southeast and we've done south now. HUD Mm -hmm. is west? Yeah. Nice. Where's it? Marfa? Big Ben? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Thank you guys for listening. And, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. It's actually okay. in Colorado. See ya, Aurora. <laughs> no! It's just like eyes in my heart. I know I'm going to quit somebody. Every time that feeling starts You treat me like a prisoner Because my hands are tied Everything you do to me Yes, it's tacking up inside It's a cold, cold feeling it's just like eyes around my heart I know I'm gonna quit somebody Every time that feeling Thank you.